I mean, first of all, thanks for choosing us over Lizzo. This is all about to see what you can and can't do. And uh, when you compete in our league, it'll tell you. And welcome back to another edition. It is the third season of the 920 podcast, episode one. And like we try to do around these parts, we have a special guest to help bring us along and help get us geared up on that 920-mile journey from Rocky Top to Omaha. Uh, The 920 podcast has a little bit of a a different look. This go-around, I got a new throwing partner in Bill Monnet, the co-host for this season. And uh, our throwing partner for today, the special guest, is going to be a key piece in the Vols bullpen. It is none other than Aaron Combs. Aaron, welcome to the show, man. Hey, how's it going? I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for joining us. I know you guys have been ramping up, and it's been quite the the ramping up process with you know all the snow to begin with, and then we've had a bunch of rain here lately. But there was a stretch there where we had some uh, – I don't know if I would call it Florida weather, but uh, it was some unusual January weather. Nice to get out and plenty of time to get some reps in. Uh, I mentioned Florida, so let's talk there. You're you're a Florida kid. Uh, you you went to Coastal Carolina, and and then ended up of College of Central Florida before your time on Rocky Top. What what's that journey been like, and how did you end up here at Tennessee? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I committed to Coastal Carolina um, my junior year of high school and uh, went there for a year and a half. Uh, my pitching coach left, and we got a new coach my sophomore year. And I really liked them. Uh, just, you know, didn't mesh exactly how I wanted to, so I decided to go to College of Central Florida, which I've heard great things about forever. Uh, my best friend was actually there. He was my catcher, <clears throat> uh, Anthony Westbrook. He's at uh, Western Kentucky now. But College of Central Florida was awesome. It was my first, you know, college experience, basically playing every day, starting. Um, we, we ended up making it to the college or JUCO World Series for the first time in 20 years for uh, Central Florida. So that was awesome. A uh, great thing to be a part of. And then <clears throat> next year, end up here and back-to-back World Series for us. And uh, CF actually won last year, too. I, and I know... Brad Key and my roommate actually was on that team, so that was that's pretty cool and pretty cool to have him here too. Uh, what is that connection like? Uh, seeing that he's your roommate, he is a guy that can play a vital part uh, early on in the success. Me and Bill were talking about it uh, before you hopped on, uh, looking for that middle infield spot, shortstop. Uh, what's he like, and what does he bring uh, to this club? Yeah, I mean he's a dog. He's gonna play every every day, and he's gonna play his uh, hard out every single day. He, he's got that Juco mentality in him. He, he started at Wabash his freshman year. I mean, I, I think he hit over 400 his first year. I mean, he's he's been raking all, all uh, his college career. So he's going to be somebody who plays a lot. And, you know, he's going to be someone you can trust out there. So I'll, I'll definitely be glad to have him behind me. Aaron, talking about uh, your Central Florida days, and I'm a guy, I played at Central Florida against them in, in the mid-70s, so that's how old I am, how far <laughs> I go with, with Central Florida. Really good junior college program. Talk about, you know, starting out at D1 and then taking that step back to junior college. What was your mentality in going back to Central Florida? 
Uh, well, I had surgery, actually, uh, UCL repair surgery, a day before the season started, um, my freshman year. So I, w- I was out for my whole freshman year. I, I was kind of expecting to pitch a lot and was super excited and just didn't go well the first month or so back when I, when I got to Coastal or return in the spring. Um, and, you know, I, I just got to sit and really think about everything and decided that uh, I wanted an opportunity to play at the best place I possibly could and uh, entering the portal was definitely the way to do that and I was I was entering at the break too so I had to go Juco and uh, like I said like I knew Central Florida was somewhere I I knew was gonna take care of me and they they have a lot of the same um, mentalities as me and they 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 like to use analytics and Marty does a great job of uh, coaching and getting coaches that um, are on the same headspace, and he lets them do their work, and it, it worked out really well. We had a, a great team that meshed really well. Um, I think that's something I, I brought with me here was just the team aspect we had there. And honestly, like we were JUCO, but I think we could have um, held held our own with a lot of even SEC teams like. Uh, we were pretty good, and a lot of our players did end up, you know, in the SEC or you know, top twenty-five programs. So it's pretty cool to see that too. Yeah, the junior college system in Texas and Florida, in particular, it just as strong as well. You know, maybe not the upper echelon of the SEC, but you know, you can look at that. that no Division two schools, you know, playing a lot of those those schools. I think it in the fall, or at least that's how it used to be. You can't do that as much now by yeah. the rules, but used to a lot of uh, Division two teams, mid-major type teams, will go to Florida and play those junior colleges, and those junior colleges, uh, you know, they, they were uh, just really strong against some really good mid-major teams. 100%. Like, the biggest difference was just the depth. I mean, we have, right. we have more here. Like, a lot of the talent, like I said, we end up at SEC schools and, and performing well, so... Mm-hmm. Just, you know, sometimes it's the bullpen depth or, you know, the hitters aren't as deep, but, yeah. I wanted to ask you about the collection of depth and talent that you guys have, uh, especially going back to last year. <clears throat> Not sure we'll see that again, that constellation of, of talent and depth in, in, the, uh, in the pitching staff. What are some of the values you picked up on uh, that helped you grow as a player on and off the field, going through that Frank Anderson pitching academy and and being around just some of the talent here on Rocky Top? Yeah, I mean, that was last year's staff was probably one of the best in college baseball like ever. I mean, it was pretty insane. You have Zach Joyce with like 10 innings and he might p- pitch in the big leagues. You know, he like he's there. We had a lot of guys like that who are really good, really talented, who there was just basically no space for him. So, I mean, I was a guy who I didn't throw a ton, but um, I knew that every single time I went out there, I had to make the most of it and and make sure I get more opportunities going forward. And I I think that kind of helped my mindset, like every single pitch matters. Like, uh, I mean, that helped my strikeout rate was higher than it's ever been. And that's coming from that because I I was making every single pitch the, the best it possibly could be. Yeah, I mean, just refining myself, making sure I had a role. Um, last year, I mean, I completely changed my mechanics just to make sure I had a role. And it thankfully it worked out because sometimes you change your mechanics and it just falls apart. But um, and I kind of figured it out and worked out pretty well. 
What uh, what aspect did you change? Because I mean, you're known for after you coming onto the scene, uh, pitching in the SEC, uh, the spotlight was on you and those those around you, uh, and you were known as a guy that hides the ball well, funky slot, uh, generating tons of spin. Like, what what did you change uh, this time last year going into the season? Yeah, I've always had uh, a lot of spin, and, um, like pretty good understanding of my pitches and everything, but. Um, I kind of realized that my uh, when I had the lowest release height is when I pitched the best. I was getting the most swings and misses, so I kind of bent over. This was like a week or two before the season started, and I just messed with it. I kind of got rocked the outing before. I like gave up three bombs, and then it was like I I, I really like Paul Sewold. I, I look at a lot of pitchers, but Paul's kind of bent over and he's one of the best relievers in the game. So I was like, ah, I'll just mess with it and see how it works. And it just immediately started working and kept working throughout the entire year and stuck with it, with it. And I mean, it's kind of all, all it was, but this year I, I changed it back up. Um, yeah. My main focus was kind of throw harder and maintain command and everything. And it's been working. So I'm excited for that. Are you more focused on uh, command and, uh, you know, not so much velo? Uh, I've I've kind of always been focused on velo. I mean, I, I don't know if you can tell by watching me pitch, but every single pitch is max effort. Like, I'm trying to throw it as hard as I can. Um, but I've – command comes – for me, it comes from my everyday work, my bullpens, like – everything from that. So I can just throw it as hard as I can. And I can trust that I'm like, think if I, if I need to get this ball outside, I'd basically just think that. And that's, that's kind of how it works. Um, Velo again is something I, I train to like every single day. Um, and then stuff. That's, that's the biggest thing for me. I think that's the biggest separator is I, I work on my stuff every single day. I'm making sure my pitches are working together. Well, they, uh, not working against each other and they're the best they can be um having four pitches it's you know it's kind of hard to keep up with but um i kind of know my fastball and curveball are always gonna be the same it's uh my change up and my newly added cutters when <clears throat> i have some cues to make sure they're set up and they're right where i want them to be and uh when when they're on that's when i'm the most successful last year you're a newbie on the staff yeah, you had a season, successful season. This year, come back, more expectations, uh, inner expectations for you. Talk about what you hope to accomplish this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely hope to throw a lot more. Um, I've, I, I'm the expectations are basically the same. I, I want to throw as much as I can and and strike everybody out and get. I mean, the biggest thing for me is not giving up runs. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I'll, I'll if I come in. If I'm relieving, I come in, uh, you know, with bases loaded, no outs. I want to. I don't want to give up any runs. Like that's whatever role I'm in. What um, you know, that's it kind of changes. But uh, throwing as many innings uh, as I can and not giving up runs is always the the main goal. Aaron, what's uh, what's the thing you value most about being on this pitching staff? Uh, well, it's kind of different this year. I mean, I'm one of the few returners. Um, this is my first time returning. 
to a school. I mean, I, so I went to two different high schools. I went to this is my third college. So this is my first time returning to a school and, you know, playing in the spring. So it's, it's kind of cool to be in that role or more of a leadership role. Um, but I, I, I kind of am more of an, a lead by example guy. I, I, I want to help everybody that, that wants help. Um, but honestly, like, I, I'm not a big go out of my way guy. Like I, I like helping people. I love helping people. That's one of my favorite things and teaching them everything that I know. But um, I kind of don't like when people don't respect my uh, time or whatever. So when I can tell when somebody values uh, the information and they want to hear uh, what I'm telling them and uh, people feel comfortable coming up to me and, uh, I mean, at least I hope so coming up to me and, you know, learning some things and maybe them teaching me some things too, and just having a good dialogue back and forth. That's kind of a huge thing for pitching staff to be successful and the whole team to be successful. You guys got some new faces uh, on the pitching staff as well at young or, you know, you've got some elder statesmen, so to speak, and like Chris Stamos, you know, coming over from Cal, who's a grad transfer any of those guys that have kind of leaned on you or anything? Yeah. I mean, me and Stamos, we're, we're, we're pretty good friends now already. And, and it's pretty quick to, to quick to that. Um, we're throwing partners. I mean, always working on pitches and everything. Um, they the team really bonds and we mesh uh, together pretty quickly this year is pretty good to see. Uh, not, not every team, you know, meshes that quickly. It sometimes takes a while. Like, I mean, last year it took halfway through the season to really mesh together and, you know, be comfortable around everybody. <clears throat> but we meshed really well this year and people feel pretty comfortable coming up to people, asking questions and, uh, you know, just learning. Because we, we do have some guys, you know, like Stamos, me, Kirby, some older guys that we have a lot of information and we, we just want to help the younger guys and you know we we have a lot of uh high expectations here at tennessee so uh you can't just really show up and do whatever you want like you you have to come in every day and make sure you're doing everything right following up on that of course uh last year you lost some really key players uh who went on either to graduation or went on into pro ball you're bringing in some high-profile players as well, team-wide, not just the pitches staff, but team-wide. You mentioned the uh, bonding of that. So where do you see the chemistry of this team now compared to where it was this time last year? It, yeah, it's definitely a lot better. I mean, the the new guys did a, a really good job of, of, you know, just meshing right with a team. Um you know, we got guys like Peebles, who's kind of a natural leader, and uh, Billy, who's quieter, but you know he's gonna do everything right every day. Uh, we we got a lot of go, a lot of high-profile guys like that who are, are um, really awesome to add to the team. Um, and then we do have some guys coming back that in in the field that you know are great examples for everyone else. But again, I mean, like you said, we have a lot of new guys are going to have to take charge and make sure they're setting a good example. And I mean, I think uh, we're, we're a lot better off than we were at the start of last year. Uh, 
again, like we're way more comfortable with each other. We can just hang out and, you know, have a conversation and not, you know, be kind of chirpy at each other or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, this lineup in particular, uh, how it's shaping up to be. I mean, you guys are really deep with the bats. What's it like facing this lineup this year? Yeah, I mean, it was scary last year too, especially first year being in the SEC. But um, this year, it's the depth is insane. I mean, we have two guys at each position that can play the position and play it really well and hit hit in the lineup. I mean, at least two guys at every single position. So, and that that showed this weekend too. I mean, the both sides, uh, we we were just kind of mashing the ball weekend. Um, you know, our, we we showed some glimpse, glimpses of uh, some good pitching too. I mean, I think in general, it's it's going to be a lot better. Uh, I think we're get off to a lot hotter start, which is exciting. Um, but yeah. Who's who's your toughest at bat on this group? You know, for some reason, like I I like to think of everybody the same, but Peebles for some reason I just like can't throw him a strike. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like I want to get in there and I throw really well, but just like walk him almost every single time. Maybe just because he's like so small. He's he's like five six. <laughs> Aaron, when I talk to people in other parts of the country who are not as familiar with SEC baseball as we are here, you know, I tell them, you know, well, if if you're a, a hitter, the big thing is you're seeing a potential pro arm literally every time at bat. But on the other side of that, if you're on the mound, you're seeing a potential pro bat uh, every hitter as well. So you know, it's a double edged sword, but. You know, it, it's nice to know as a pitcher, you've got those kind of bats to score your runs. Yeah, and it's it's awesome, too, because, like, every single scrimmage, you're playing one of the best teams you'll face all year. So, I mean, you you might as well practice against the best if you want to play the best. Now, the old Ric Flair, you got to beat the best to be the best. <laughs> Aaron, I was going to ask you a question to give the listeners a uh, little more background on you. Your, your walkout song is Ariel's by system of a down yeah i'm a i'm a huge uh rock new metal guy so what's what's behind the song or is that is it going to be that that way in 24 you got to mix it up no so actually this year i'm changing it to a corn song uh blind (laughs) okay yeah you know i kind of wanted to do it last year but i was like i don't know how they'll feel but uh, a lot of a lot of people love the aerials, so I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna go all out and you know do blind this year." Um, so I'm, I've been pumped for that all all off season. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just a huge. I'm I'm a big music guy in general, but past couple of years, especially like just big new metal rock and all all the type of music. Where does that come from? Your dad, or or just kind of folks you grew up around? Yeah, I mean, my parents, uh, they, they listen to a lot of rock and, you know, I mean, the radio, that's all we really had. So, um, we, you know, they'd play some corn or play um, Radiohead or something, you know, just, and I always loved it. And so the video games I played uh, always had rock and metal in it. So it's just something I always grew up with and, you know, really love. So kind of stuck with me and I'm getting into it even more now. Did uh did you already did you always grow up on the coast uh kind of in the on the Gulf or did you all travel around a little bit? 
No, I, I, I was born in Sarasota and, and we've lived in Bradenton, Sarasota my whole life. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've been all around Florida for baseball, you know, Fort Myers, Fort Lauderdale, all that, Jupiter. So a lot of spring training, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who was your favorite team growing up? The Rays. I mean, they're the closest. Um, I, I was honestly, I never really followed them that close. My family's not like a huge sports family. Um, but I, I really loved the Giants when we had uh, Lince come and uh, all, all those guys, Mad Bum. <clears throat> I, I'm kind of – I'm a big Rays guy because, you know, they uh, have a great pitching all the time. That's kind of my – I really watch baseball, kind of just watch pitchers. So, you know, I, I watched Grom a lot and Wheeler, Nola. Just I, – I watch baseball games just to watch pitching, really. <laughs> There's a lot of talk that the Rays are going to end up in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah what do you think about that? I mean, it'd be nice for them to stay close to home. <laughs> I think they are building a, a new stadium right now. I don't know if they're working on that yet or not, but I think they're staying in St. Pete for a little longer at least. All right, Aaron. Uh, before we let you go, uh, the season's starting up with just – a few days. I, I can't believe it. I mean, the Super Bowl has wrapped up. It is now full-on baseball season. You guys got to travel out uh, to Arlington uh, for that showcase, the Shriners Classic, uh, up against Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Uh, what's going to be key for you guys to get back to Omaha and complete this 920-mile journey? Uh, I mean, honestly, just – Starting off hot w w would help a lot. Um, you know, we want to – our our main goal is to win the World Series, but, you know, to make it a little easier on us, it would be – we want to host a regional and host a super regional and have all the fans in the stands and, you know, just have show off the new stadium and, just, you know, win as many games as we can early on. Um, I think that's going to be a huge thing. I mean – taking so many losses in, in the beginning last year kind of hurt us and made, we made some interesting games in the end in the regional and everything, but um, to take a little bit of the stress away, it'd be nice to <laughs> just start off hot and, and win as many games as possible from the beginning. Get an opportunity to play in the home of the current world champions. I know you guys have got to be looking forward to that. Oh yeah. It's awesome. A pretty new stadium too. I mean, it's, yep. you know, just going to be a, Awesome is that experience. the is that going to be the biggest stadium you've played in the biggest field? Yeah, I mean, I I played um, in the PG National and uh, we played in the Dimax Stadium, um, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, about probably pretty similar. Uh, obviously, the Rangers is brand new, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're going to be getting thirty five thousand like we did in Omaha, <laughs> but um, yeah, it'll it'll be a great experience. Well, regardless of the crowd at that stadium, there's going to be a huge volunteer faithful following you guys. Um, always is. Yeah. 100%. Always it's, is. It's been crazy watching the ascent of the Tennessee baseball program under Tony Vitello. And, uh, man, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for letting us learn about you and and get to know what's, what's behind the aerials. Walk outside. <laughs> Among other things, uh, he's he is a, a product of the Frankenstein Anderson Pitching Academy and uh, going to be throwing some nasty stuff on the bump here very soon. Can't wait to see it, Aaron.
Of course. Thank you so much. All right. Sounds good. Thank Appreciate you. It, Aaron. Thank you. All right. That was Aaron Combs. Um, Bill, what'd you learn? I uh, learned his music taste. And, and believe it or not, <laughs> he, even as old as I am, I know, I know who he was talking about, being the music guy I am too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, learned, learned about the journey, you know, starting starting at a Division One school, then going back to a junior college and working your way back. That's not easy. I don't care who you are, how much talent you are, because your mindset has to be right. And obviously, Aaron is a, a guy who was bound to determine he was going to get back to the highest level of college baseball. And he is here. Yeah, really level-headed and yeah. know, knows what he's going after. Yeah. Uh, I think he has a clear vision of what he needs to do and what role he needs to have on this Tennessee staff. I mean, the guy, he only logged, I think, 20 innings or so uh, last year. Uh, we're going to see an uptick in that. But, like, he's, he spoke to the depth. You know, when you have guys like Ben Joyce along with Combs uh, right. kind of down at the bottom in terms of number of innings, at some point it's a numbers game and you just can't squeeze all those innings in. Because uh, right. he, he's certainly the top that can get 30, 40 no problem and have an insane strike to walk rate. Um, man, it's, I can't wait to see this guy and what he can do with more innings and more time. Um, and and as he mentioned, that, uh, yeah. As he mentioned, you know, pitching every day against the hitters currently on this team is going to get nothing but help him to get prepared to step up in the new role this year, more uh, 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 a higher level role, if you will. So, you know, mentally he's, he, I think he's ready. He's there. Yeah. And it, it's going to be pretty special. Um, I know you mentioned some key pieces that are gone. Uh, Chase Burns to the portal, um, Lindsay Halverson to the draft, Dolander. I, pre I feel pretty confident in Drew Beam and AJ Russell at the top of the rotation that, that one-two punch, uh, I know there's a question mark there that, you know, that third spot or wherever it falls in line on the weekend is, is pretty open. But that scrimmage that you and I went to, man, the pitching was way ahead of the bats, and Absolutely. they looked good. Uh, Chris Stamos talked about him. Yeah. Uh, I got to hear from him last week. Really impressed by him. Uh, he's another cool, calm, collected customer. Uh California kid that that knows what it takes. He knows what he's getting into in SEC play, and he's not afraid of it. Um, you got Sneed, the transfer in from Wichita. AJ Causey, another another guy that was down in Florida at Jacksonville State that relies on a lot of stuff, like uh, similar to Aaron Combs. I, I think iron sharpens iron in this situation, and no matter how the chips fall, they're going to have a lot of pieces. Cause when you got, when you have a, a guy like Aaron Combs and potentially AJ Causey uh, in the bullpen and just can eliminate right-handed bats, um, it, it makes it really, really special. The candidates are there to fill that third weekend starter along with, with some other key, uh, the, the key bullpen spots. There's candidates are there. It's just a matter of these first few weeks, first several weeks of, figuring out who best fits those roles. And, of course, you know, there's nobody better than Frank Anderson when it comes to a, a college pitching coach. So Frank will get it right. He'll figure it out and, and, and figure out who goes in what slot. So by the time the SEC season starts, I think they'll be in pretty good shape with that pitching staff. Yeah, and I love how Frank uh, just kind of 
hooks onto some of these guys uh, that he knows has talent. And for, uh, for instance, with a guy like Combs saying, he's just going to go out and throw hard every time because he's going to rely on his command, his stuff to make it work. And Frank doesn't really try to get too cute with it. Doesn't try to, you know, reinvent the wheel, uh, just accelerate what they do best and what they already do really at a really good level. Um, so yeah, great talking to Combs. Um, the bats are deep, like he said. Uh, I think that the lineup is pretty uh, pretty firm. Uh, there's going to be, obviously, the hole at shortstop <clears throat> until Antigua gets back. I think Curly may be a little hampered. Uh, but when, when that shortstop situation figures itself out, you're going to have uh, a, a four deep in the outfield, really, when you think about Reese Chapman and what he's trying to do, trying to get on the field a lot more. Yep. Uh, I want to see if Chapman can push uh, Dryling or Tears right. and squeeze into that outfield because I think it can be an under – I think it already is an underrated group. I think it can be really, really good. Uh, and if that develops uh, – th- they've got the sticks. Uh, similar to the pitching staff, it's just a matter of finding a piece or two, how that falls into place. And uh, and like Aaron said, I mean, it's – when you can start off the season hot, it alleviates some of those holes, a couple of holes you do have, because by the time SEC play starts, I mean, it's it's a whole nother league, a whole nother level. So anxious to uh, to get going. Uh, any last questions uh, or concerns you have for this group heading into the season? Not really concerns. I think what I'm looking for this weekend is, as you mentioned, the outfield, how that rotation works out. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, there's, again, the components are there. It's just a matter of finding who fits which slot. Another, not really a concern, but just a question I think I have. We know Peebles is going to hit and he's going to play defense as a catcher. I think it's key to find out who's going to be able to back him up Yeah, and, and provide some offense. Because, you know, we were, we were very good defensively last year, but just didn't get much offense out of that catcher slot. So got to find some way somehow – to get some offense out of the uh, out of the backup catcher slot because you know as a former catcher I can, I know you, you can't catch every day you know so <laughs> yeah isn't going to be able to be behind the plate every day you've got to put somebody back there and you got to get some offense out of them yeah will it be Charlie Taylor yeah. Cal Stark uh, yeah. Stone Lawless yeah. is a talented freshman who wow. does not look like a freshman at all yeah. uh, yeah. it's a, he huh. he he looks like an SEC player uh, yeah. two or three years in. Uh, so if kind of those, if that skill set can kind of catch up to, to his frame and the way he presents himself, that'll be special. Yeah. Um, we got Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Baylor. Uh, excited for it. I mean, they've got a chance to get off to a really, really good start. Uh, they're definitely the most talented bunch, top to bottom, out of the group that they'll be facing. <clears throat> so it's a chance to start off with uh, a winning weekend uh, to come back and to. Trying to get through a non-conference pre-SEC part of the schedule that should be easily manageable. It some would say it might even, you know, be a knock on them the the fact that it's a little light. But that that puts all the more emphasis on the SEC uh, portion of the schedule. So and it that would take care of itself. Um. One last thing, I think you mentioned the outfield spot and Kavar's tears. 
uh, I think we're going to see him flash um, in, in a lot of ways, not just at the plate. Uh, he had that game winner in the scrimmage we were at. Um, put put went over the the bullpen out there in right field, uh, which was the deciding factor in that scrimmage, which was good on good. Uh, the top pitchers, all the three on each side, going at it, um, and the best basically the best lineup, the best eighteen guys you could cut in half and make lineups out of. Uh, but I think also being in that corner spot in the right field, th- this guy's got a hose. And I think he can – I'm not saying he's going to be Jordan Beck by any means, but I think this guy can uh, – he has the ability uh, to be maybe a plus outfielder out there in that spot. And what what he can do with the bat and the way his acumen once he steps into the box can be a huge difference maker. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Maybe we get uh, – Maybe we'll do a pop-up podcast or something before the weekend, but uh wanted to get something out to you guys. We've been anxiously waiting uh, now that is the week of opening day. Uh, wanted to get Aaron on and learn about him and, and what his role is going to be on this staff. It already sounds like that he's taking that leadership role. Uh, he's, he's one of those uh, key cogs in the bullpen and can't wait to see, man. I can't believe it's here. Just a few days away, and uh, we'll we'll be at it next week. If we don't do a pop up uh, podcast, we'll be at it around this time next week. Talk about the Shriners Classic and see if they get off to that hot start. Uh, before we go, Bill, any uh, parting thoughts or shots? I just look forward to uh, sitting in with you this year, and uh, definitely just trying to support you. Uh, you're you're <laughs> the authority when it comes to college baseball around here, anyway. Yeah. So. Anything I can do to help, I'm, I'm happy to and look forward to it. Thank you. I had to uh, call to the pin and, and find somebody to be a long toss partner and uh, couldn't be more excited. It's a, it's a full circle moment for those that don't know. And uh, we're, we're scheduled to have a couple of those moments here this year. So uh, this is just the beginning of it. So appreciate you hopping on and joining me. And uh, we'll get this thing going, kicked off right. Hopefully the Vols can get off to a hot start. Sounds good, Logan. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. We'll see you next time, folks.